Hi, this is Glenn Delakian, host of Tandem Radio, the good news on business, heard every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or on the web. Thanks for joining us for a special series, Building a Kingdom-Minded Company. Whether you're a business owner or just starting your first job, our desire is that God would influence every part of your life, including your business world. Mark Griffin, president of In His Name HR, which provides human resources consulting for many organizations, brings some fantastic tools on faith and work through his 12-part series on building a company for God's glory. Let's join Mark and host D. Kovac for this segment on Building a Kingdom-Minded Company here at TandemRadio.com. You are listening to Praise His Name. I'm D. Kovach, and today we're talking with Christian business consultant Mark Griffin about his company, In His Name Human Resources. In His Name HR is leading business as a kingdom-minded company. During his 12-part series, Mark gives you the tools to prosper as a kingdom-minded company. Welcome back, Mark. This is our final show that we're doing about the kingdom company. And we need to just wrap it all up and tie it together. And we're going to talk about how to integrate and tie everything together to develop and manage that kingdom company culture. Thanks for having me, Dee. I'm so excited here to be here for the last show 12th in this series uh i've learned a lot about myself and also about developing uh kingdom kingdom-minded companies as we went through this over these 12 uh shows so i'm just excited today uh to connect with your listeners and help inspire them to be bold and true in their faith well you know how once we've put all these things there's a tremendous amount of work in creating a kingdom company we've spent Uh, a considerable amount of time and 11 prior shows talking about it. That's a lot. How do you get your arms around it and truly make it a part and the fabric of your kingdom company? What's what's the best thing? There's a couple things, Dee. The first thing is, and I mentioned this in in previous shows, is that you really need a plan. You, You really need to have an assessment done of your HR practices and get your arms around what you have and what you don't have. And then we talked about core practices, your handbook, your recruitment strategy, your performance review process. And you have to kind of line those things up as projects that you're going to do and have your HR professionals work on or a consultant uh, help support you do it. Uh, but what I find as we go through this and we do this with companies, and I've had a couple years of experience doing it with Christian-owned companies, you know, when you get two or three years into it, what I find is you're help developing a culture. And from that culture, things seem to come out of it, things such as celebrations and traditions and new relationships and uh, different ways of of guiding managers through and employees through difficult times. There's all these different outcomes that come from the core things that you put in place. You know, a culture is the world that and the home that we live in. And when we have uh, any kind of culture, like you said, we have traditions and we have celebrations. But if somebody doesn't make it their purpose to keep it going, it's not going to continue as uh, the traditions of ancient civilizations is because 
it wasn't it didn't continue there was there was it died out that's and true exactly what does that business owner need to do to make sure that it doesn't die out well we talked about integrating your mission vision values to make it perpetual into your hr practices so we already know that by integrating it into your handbook it's not going to die out cuz we're going to hold people accountable to it but what's really interesting is when you get a couple years into it the new things that percolate out, and that could be traditions that the organization starts embracing. And what I mean by that is you may come up with some new norms. I, I have one organization that that's about eight or ten months into this process, and they've made a commitment that whenever the management team uh, starts off their meeting, that they're going to start off with a prayer, and not everybody has to participate in the prayer, uh, but someone's going to lead the group in a prayer, and honor God and, and, and thank Jesus for the opportunity to serve the employees. That's an informal tradition that's an outcome of creating a kingdom company. When I talk about celebrations, new celebrations, got another organization that really never did a lot for their employees um, around the area of Christ. So what they do is whenever someone's married, uh, they have an employee that's getting married and they announce their marriage and they come back from the honeymoon, they present that employee with a Bible from the company and says, congratulations on your wedding, here's a Bible for your family, and they dedicate it to the family. They also created uh, whenever a family has a child, whenever somebody within the organization has a child, they get a children's Bible and dedicate it to that employee's uh, child, and they give it to the employee, and they bring it home. So that's a new tradition that evolved out of building that kingdom company, something that's important to them that employees came up with as ideas to honor God and the workplace. You know, a couple things that I've thought about as you were you were speaking to me about these traditions. Uh, one is is that when you create something, there are certain things that you can create and you can let it go and you don't have to touch it. You build a house and, you know, people live in houses for decades and they even might change over to, you know, uh, coming descendants, you know, it, through the generations. It's the generational, it's the home. But through all that time, it's not a, a good and well house if it's never had some type of a maintenance. And it's, you know, like in churches and that, we periodically will take pictures for church directories. Five years later, you go back and you look through it and you realize all the changes in the people, the babies that are now grown or, or the people who, you know, have passed on and not with you. So, you know... Every company is about the people, and the kingdom company is a living, breathing thing that needs to be fed, and that's what you're telling us. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean everything stays exactly the same as far as the traditions, the ceremonies, and, and even the HR practices, the job, just everything changes. Everything does change over a period of time. The economy is going to change it. Competition is going to change it. The way we do work is going to change it is a living, breathing document. Your core mission, vision, values will change over a period of time. I don't advocate changing it every six months, but maybe every three years set up a process that you're going to reevaluate that mission, vision, value, get it updated, brainstorm against it again, 
make some changes because of market conditions, and then, of course, go back and reevaluate your HR practices against it. Make sure that your HR practices are effective, that they're meaningful. Try to automate as much as you can, uh, get it online, make it easier for people to administrate it, um, but make it impactful for the company so that it can make a difference in all the employees' lives. So we're not recarving the Ten Commandments here. No, you shouldn't be doing that because you're, you're going to go through an incredible amount of initial work, and it really turns into maintenance. What I find with with my clients is there's always a lot of work the first couple of weeks, couple of months, but I try to work myself into a situation where it really becomes maintenance then, that we put things in place. They don't need my help. They don't need my assistance as much but I'm there to bounce things off of them. I get to know their organization real well in the beginning, and that helps me be a good HR business partner in the long term because I understand their organization, maybe when they don't have a lot of work for me, but I can continue to help them. Well, I know that with the HR practices, these are things that uh, supervisors, business owners, employees, there are things that they are going to do day in and day out, but... When we're talking about the whole picture, you know, tell us what you prescribe for how often you take these out, shake them off, and and reevaluate them and make sure there aren't things that, you know, because of outside influences or even the growth of your own company because of your prosperity. Three years is a perfect time frame to review your HR practices, mainly because you don't want to put a performance review program in place train everybody, get them on the right page, get them fully understanding it, and then they start administering it, and then a year or two years into it, change it. It's just not a good thing to do. You can't even really benchmark against something that you've implemented then changed it real quickly. You, you need to put it in place for a couple years so that you can kind of measure its effectiveness and measure how well people embrace it before you can actually assess whether it's having a good impact or not. In the case of a handbook, that that's going to be uh, evaluated every couple years as well. Uh, but I really try to get organizations to take out uh, the information that gets updated periodically and use a bulletin board more so than the handbook so that they don't have to reinvent the handbook. An instance might be, the call-off procedure or inclement weather instructions or things like that don't necessarily need to be in the handbook. They could be on a bulletin board. That way, if things change on the way that you do it or your work hours, you don't have to reinvent the whole handbook. We've talked a lot about different parts of this entire picture. We started off with the overall premise, and, and we talked about the mission and the uh, vision and the core values and the HR practices, and we went on and on, even down to performance, selecting the best people. As you're taking each step in this walk to become a kingdom company, you know, I would think that it's important to keep the momentum going and that you don't allow large gaps of time to be in between each of the pieces that you're trying to do. Exactly. You shouldn't let large gaps of time fall into it, you also shouldn't go too quickly either. And, and and that's what's pretty neat about my approach is since I'm bringing on several clients, 
I can do it in a way over a protracted period of time. Whereas if I was working there full time and I was their sole HR person, I'd probably be going so quickly and implementing so much stuff, it would probably run people right over. So it's it's good the way in which I'm approaching it with the change within the organization that they get a handbook one month and then three or four months later they're getting a performance review process. So they're not getting everything at one time and then it scares employees or freaks employees out or they get nervous or whatever, that it's thoughtful, systematic, and impactful over a sustained period of time. And I, I really like doing it that way. I've been brought into organizations earlier in my career where they want to change, and I, I, I went too fast. But that's what I was trained to do, to go in and make change. And it just it scared people, and it, it created trauma in the workplace. But I think effective change, effective kingdom company building should be over a sustained period of time, not too quickly. When you're integrating any type of project, Tell us about the stopping, taking a look, because there are those times where you're in the trenches and you're working and you're working so hard you just can't see the forest for the trees because that's all you can see is that one thing that you're working at. And how does a business owner you know, uh, create that environment or you know, what do they need to do to make sure that people continue to feel good about the process? Well, they need to make sure that there's somebody that's lo- overseeing the process in a way that really doesn't have a dog in the fight, that they, they, they're, they're looking at it a little bit differently than the, the process owner themselves. So, of course, a process owner always wants themselves to look good. They want the process to look good. They want to be successful. So any way they, they look at it, they're going to be a little bit jaded. What I like to do is I like to talk to uh, the HR person that's helping to champion it. I like to talk to supervisors, and I like to have a core group of, of the worker, the hourly employees that we consult with as well, to ask them with, are you seeing the effect in the change? Are, are, are you really seeing difference with leadership? Uh, talking to leadership, are you seeing difference with, with employees? And really probing continually on are we going too fast or are we going too slow or, or are you even really seeing any change? It's important because without that, you might not know how effective you're being in in your approach. And every company is going to be able to withstand the change at a different level. Now, within an organization, there is turnover. There is some form of attrition. And as you're going through this process, you know, there are things that you just, you know, you've worked hard. And when that one person leaves or is not with you any longer, you want to make sure that the whole world doesn't have to change uh, other than the owner of the company. I mean, how do we handle those types of changes that are beyond our control or even setbacks? Sure. Well, the mission, vision, values, won't it, it won't affect it with turnover because it's so ingrained within your culture that that's going to live on even if you had 50% turnover. It's, it's so ingrained. It's hanging in your lobby. It's in your handbook. It's everywhere else. The risk is whenever a business owner puts all the HR initiatives on one person's plate and then that one person would leave. So depending on the size of the organization, it's usually better to have a variety of people champion, 
championing a variety of different areas within HR so you don't have all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Turnover, quite frankly, has not really been an issue in the last three or four years unless the turnover was planned and they managed people out of organizations because they needed to downsize. Uh, there's not a lot of movement in the workplace right now with people leaving to go to other companies. It just, it's a consideration, but not as great as it was eight years ago. So through the entire process, what is the longest or what is the hardest or most difficult piece putting it together and becoming a kingdom company? That, that's a great question. The most difficult uh, program from my experience or practice to implement uh, in a meaningful way would be the annual performance review process. That's always seems to be the most difficult because it's emotionally the most sensitive aspect of employment is the review process. Leaders don't like to review people and people don't like to be reviewed. So I typically try to build that into the end process that people become comfortable with myself, they get comfortable with the new handbook, they get comfortable with job descriptions, and we develop a lot of comfortableness around the HR practices because this is new, and then we gently implement it. In fact, one organization that I work with has chosen that the first year of the new review process, they're not even rating people. They're putting the process in place, and they're not choosing to rate whether people meet exceed or are deficient. They just want the process in place. They want feedback to start to flow back and forth because it's a it's an organization that's just not used to reviewing uh, employees. So it's okay to take baby steps. It's okay to take baby steps. It's a great idea to take baby steps. And I think that you've touched on some things that it is it, we continue to come back to this. It's it's unique. It's individual to each company. It's individual to each person involved, but that everybody does need to be involved in order to make them a part of it and that they truly accept it and they own it and they move it forward. Absolutely. That, that, that's the biggest part of, of this whole series that we went through is that we include all the key stakeholders in the decision-making. We get employee input. We get leadership uh, input. But most importantly, as we go through all these steps, that we do it for the glory of God and we do it to honor our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Mark Griffin of In His Name HR at Tandem Radio, the good news on business. Be sure to check out some of Mark's other segments at www.tandemradio.com. That's tandemradio.com. You can find out more about Mark and In His Name HR, as well as other shows and videos on our website. Also, be sure to tune in every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or the web. Thanks again for joining us for the good news on business.